0: It's the Ambiguously Blind podcast with your host, a guy that's great at hearing, but terrible at listening, John Grimes.
1: Hey, 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 greetings. Welcome back to the Ambiguously Blind studio. Thanks for tuning in and subscribing. As a quick programming note, one of the best ways to learn more about the podcast and about me, your humble correspondent, is to listen to the questions and answers series that we have. Up to this point, we have four episodes where... I sit down with my wife, Erin, and she holds my feet to the fire and asks me some questions we've solicited from some friends of mine and some listeners about me and my vision and just kind of things that happen, how I operate and what I do and those types of things. So if you're interested in more details about me and what I do and my vision and things like that, please check out the questions and answers podcasts. And if you have a question you want to ask to be answered on those, you can email me john at amblind.com that's j-o-h-n at dot com. in this episode i'm going to visit with a youtube sensation named carrie she's the host of the channel live accessible she talks a lot about technology and assistive technology and other resources for people who are blind or vision impaired she herself is visually impaired we'll talk about her condition as well as the technology she discusses resources And encouragement and things that she does for people with vision laws. So I know she's got a lot of great information and I'm looking forward to the discussion. So Carrie, thanks a bunch for joining the Ambiguously Blind podcast.
0: Well, thanks for having me, John.
1: Let's talk a little bit about your your vision, Carrie. The condition aniridia, I've heard you describe before. Tell me about what aniridia is and how it has affected your vision.
0: So in short, aniridia is the lack or the partial lack of the iris, which is the colored part of your eye. And it also controls your pupil and how much light comes into your eye. But also with that, um, it, your the whole eye is can be underdeveloped. And um, in my case, it's actually hereditary. Um, so my dad has it. Um, a lot of my aunts and uncles on his side, as well as my grandma, who was had a sporadic case of aniridia. So occasionally, aniridia will just, um, somebody will just have aniridia sporadically, um, you know, without any family history. Um, And with that, I also have glaucoma and microcornea, which just means that my corneas are smaller than anyone else's, <laughs> and uh, nystagmus which is the uncontrollable the uncontrollable movement of the eye because my eye is trying to focus on something and it has a really hard time doing that.
1: Hmm. So is that four different conditions there?
0: It all stems from aniridia, mostly, uh, especially the glaucoma, and the, mm, pretty much it's just from aniridia. And Hmm. just a byproduct of it.
1: And at what point did that become apparent that that was going to affect you? Is that at an early age?
0: It's at a pretty early age. Um, I'm the youngest out of three. And as soon as somebody is born in my family, uh, mostly, like if my mom sees it or a sighted family member looks at the baby's eyes, they can kind of already tell. And then it's just confirmed by the doctor.
1: So very early on, then. Mm
0: -hmm. Yes.
1: Do you have a clinical definition for what your vision is?
0: Uh, My acuity is uh, about twenty over eight hundred. It kind of varies with the doctor, (laughs) and
1: and conditions and other things as well. But exactly twenty eight hundred is there that you that leaves some to be desired. It, It could be could be much better than that.
0: Yeah, it's hard to describe my vision, though, because sometimes I can see or I feel that I can see better than other people that their acuity is technically higher. Uh, But for me, if you put something close enough to my eye, almost touching it, then I may be able to see it. Um, Even if it's really small font, if I have it Really, really close to my eye, basically on my nose, I might be able to read it um, if it's like a word or something, not like paragraphs and pages, mm-hmm. because that would just cause a lot of eye strain.
1: Okay, and is, are both eyes about the same?
0: Um, they're they're about the same. Yes, I was thinking about how to describe my vision. It's always really difficult to describe what your vision is like uh, because even for people who might have the same condition uh you know their eye conditions can their vision can be pretty drastically different and even people that ha- may have the same acuity their vision might still be different and i thought of um imagine braille uh, like a page of braille my vision is kind of as if some of those some of the dots on the braille just disappeared and you don't even notice but so you could read some of the words so i can see things around me but there's not that definition mm-hmm. or when i saw one of um one of my friends had a white and red checkered shirt and it was really small squares but when i stepped away Um, it just looked pink to me. But Hmm. when I got really close, I could see the white and red uh, more defined.
1: Yeah, and I guess it depends on how close you got to get. Sometimes you got to get uncomfortably close, which is not not always an (laughs) option. No, you wouldn't want to do that. (laughs) Right, right, yeah. And that's one of the reasons why I'm doing this podcast for me too, is that it's difficult to describe my vision. And there is a, a pretty large spectrum of vision and, and acuity. And and it really kind of depends on some conditions of, are you inside? Are you outside? How's the lighting? Lots of other factors that go into it that can can make your vision different. I think people that are normally sighted would be similar as well. But when you start taking away elements of vision and, and certain areas and, and shades and shadows and things, it certainly com- becomes more challenging. And it's difficult for me to describe my vision also.
0: Yes. It's always, it's always difficult um, when, especially when somebody, a stranger comes to you and they don't know anything about being blind or visual impairment. And they just ask you that it's like, how, how can I explain? Yeah, so <laughs> I always have I'm, that trouble.
1: I'm going to talk to you for like two minutes for the rest of my life and I'm going to have this interaction, but I got to tell you like three hours of of detail to really kind of describe my vision, but this interaction is only gonna last two minutes. So I I find myself in those situations often and I can't really tell you how I handle them because a lot of times they're different, but I do have a shirt as part of the podcast here called Ambiguously Blind that says ambiguously blind. So maybe if they see it, they might understand.
0: (laughs) I love Sam from The Blind Life, he has a shirt that says um i can see but i can't it's complicated yeah.
1: hashtag it's complicated yeah that, that is genius um and i've i've talked to sam on on my podcast as well too and we talked about that shirt it, that is that's greatness
0: i wish i thought of it yeah, i know
1: <laughs> me too i was like that's pretty good i just got to get one though uh they're available yeah. on, on amazon so there's a plug for sam and the blind life get your get your it's complicated uh t-shirt at amazon <laughs> So when somebody knows that you're blind or visually impaired, what are the most common misconceptions that they get that that you get from from them?
0: I think if it's somebody that doesn't know me well, uh, one of the misconceptions that bothers me the most is thinking that whatever I can do or whatever they see that I am doing well, they think it's amazing. And that just bothers me. Like they wouldn't think that about somebody who was sighted and was doing the same thing. Why is it so amazing that somebody who's blind or visually impaired is doing that? And so that that's one of the most frustrating um, misconceptions I think is out there.
1: Yep, I can relate to that one too. What about for mobility? Do you use a... Um, you do you use a cane or a guide dog or a sighted guide or combination or or do you just use your smartphone for that
0: <laughs> I, I i use a cane sometimes um especially at night um a lot of the time me and Pablo are out together, and I tend to kind of use his cane or like you know use pablo <laughs> um Because I can still see functionally well enough. And I I do have a problem with stairs, and especially in the dark, I have trouble with that. Um, But I do have the cane when I am alone. So that just just for awareness that people understand that I am visually impaired. And so if I bump into them or something, I look lost and that's probably why.
1: Yeah. So you use the cane more for other people's awareness of your impairment more, more so than you getting around.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: All right. And let's, we're talking about sun and shade. I want to talk about glasses. Glasses are a big thing for me. And I've seen a lot of things on your channel where you talk about, or at least a couple episodes where you've talked about glasses. You have a lot of glasses.
0: Oh, I have a lot of sunglasses. Um, I, I don't have, you know, glasses with prescription on them. I used to for reading, but it really didn't help too much. It was very minute, uh, assistance. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't worth it for me to actually use them, but for sunglasses, um, I do like my sunglasses, but I don't always use them.
1: Yeah, I should have specified. I think I said glasses. I meant sunglasses uh, in particular. Yeah, you've got a lot of sunglasses, and you've got them stashed in all, all, all kinds of places, right?
0: Yes, that's because I tend to lose things. I'm the and, same way. What's the? <laughs> and you can't go around and say, "Okay, sunglasses, where are you?" No, Unlike your cell phone, not yet. Not yet.
1: yet. <laughs> That's <Right>. true. <laughs> so I, I use sunglasses any, every day, everywhere, anytime I'm outside. Uh, even on cloudy days, mm. um, for me, light, a change in light from light to dark or dark to light is difficult for, my, for me to transition. So if I'm walking into, if I'm from outside and it's lighter than I walk inside, then there's a, usually like it takes me around maybe 10 seconds or so to, for my eyes to adjust to the new environment. And, and vice versa. So I just wear glasses really for that mostly, but I also wear them for just literal protection against things hitting me in the eye that I may not see. And then also just for like UV protection and stuff like that too.
0: The thing is with Aniridia, you do have light sensitivity. And so I do suffer from that. Um, but at the same time, I have a lot of cataracts. And if you know with cataracts, That tends to block some of the sun and some of the light. So it reduces my uh, light sensitivity. And so sometimes, you know, I can kind of go just kind of looking down or just avoiding the sun (laughs) and the light uh, without sunglasses. But I I would prefer to have them on. But at the same time, when I do wear sunglasses, sometimes it's just so dark and i feel that it kind of impedes my vision for like part of it so it's a kind of struggle for me it's a struggle it's a balance
1: yeah that happens too where it, it impedes your vision um beyond what it's helping you i guess
0: exactly yeah
1: yeah yep that happens to me too and i i don't have as many pairs of sunglasses as you do Um, I've been through many, 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 I've started buying better ones over years, but I I will lose them often or misplace them in the house. And, uh, I'm currently looking for some new ones. One of the ones I've heard you talk about was the ones by uh, two blind brothers, the Cavalier, Mm -hmm. do you endorse those? Are those pretty good?
0: Um, they're pretty comfortable. It depends on how light sensitive you are. I Um, if you suffer a lot from, from glare, um, You might want to find something that wraps all the way around because just, you know, those um, are open on the sides. Mm -hmm. But if you just need a little bit of protection in the front mostly, then I would definitely get them.
1: Are you aware of any uh, medical research or anything going on in the field for aniridia research or anything that may at some point restore some of your vision or at least make things better?
0: Unfortunately for me, um, no, they, they do have some iris transplants, which I've heard of, some people having some success with, and they could remove my cataracts, but because my eyes are rather small, since they are a little bit underdeveloped, it's really complicated, and just the thought of going through surgery um the last time i spoke to the doctor about it they had like a whole team like a whole group of doctors and say if you really want to do it then we would have to have you know a retina specialist the actual cataract um, surgeon as well as you know a glaucoma, a glaucoma specialist because if you start messing with the eye, the glaucoma can really shoot up and your pressure could shoot up and that could actually take away, um, most or a lot of your vision. And so that actually happened with my dad, um, since again, he has aniridia too and he had cataract surgery and for just a f- few minutes or a few days, I can't remember, um, he could see so much better, but then they didn't take care of the glaucoma and they couldn't control it and so he he just went totally blind and so mm. that's kind of my fear with that i don't sure. really want to mess with what vision i do have until i get to a place where it it's doesn't matter
1: <laughs> yeah well to lighten things up um you're you're a pretty positive person i've seen on most of your videos and one of the things I I like that you talked about was one of the coolest things about being blind and you kind of had some humorous answers to that what what are some of the cooler things about being blind
0: well the coolest thing about being blind for me is the technology that I get to play with I I love technology whether it's assistive technology or just mainstream technology I'm very into technology so I just love that about being blind—being able to like play with everything. <laughs> That's probably one of my favorite parts. But it's also, you know, just little things like you don't have to see um, disgusting things where I know like when my mom or a group of friends, they're like, oh, my gosh, look across the street and there's something really disgusting. And I'm like, "Oh, OK, that doesn't bother me. <laughs> so that's also just you know, uh, it's the little things that you can appreciate. You know. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and on the while we're on the topic of technology, you talk a lot about technology on your uh, YouTube channel. So, in general, how do you think technology makes life better for for people like us who are visually impaired?
0: Absolutely, it's completely life changing. I mean, now we have things that can take text and read it to us. You can recognize people through technology. I use my smartphone for everything mm-hmm. um, from seeing with like a magnifier. Called, uh, it's an app called Weezoom. That's the one I would recommend if you're on Android. Um like just being able to call, be my eyes or Ira, and just have immediate assistance, and you don't have to like, okay, who is a friend or a family member that can take a look at this? No, you just call somebody that will be able to help you or assist you with something, and it's just amazing what technology can do.
1: Yeah, I think about that often too. I'm a technology nerd, um, even before vision loss, so that that was pretty natural for me, but. I often think about like maybe if this, if I was alive a hundred years ago, you know, or even 50 years ago, just with mm-hmm. the way technology is working, how much different life would be. And in my mind, it would be, I think it'd be more difficult. Um, it, it's hard to exactly say because life is a lot different 50 or hundred mm-hmm. years ago too. But um, I, I really think the technology really helps to level the playing field for really anybody with any sort of impairment or disability, but Particularly in the in the blind or visually impaired community.
0: Absolutely, I can't imagine growing up, even twenty years ago, or going back farther. I don't know what we would do without things like Uber and being able to order things through Amazon. I mean, that's not necessarily something they made for blind people but it's just technology that we use today that does help us and so yeah I'm really happy about living in this time I I always say it's the best time to live if you're blind
1: (laughs) yeah I think you're right you know it's really cool when those technologies that weren't made for people with disabilities work for people with disabilities kind of in ways that maybe the inventor hadn't hadn't considered and that's always fun and I, I really like those those types of technologies too
0: Yes. And what you mentioned about leveling the playing field, I think that it's starting to tilt the playing field. But in some ways, until technology improves more and there's more cooperation for, from companies, um, and just people in general and more education about making things accessible and thinking about accessibility when they're designing products, when we come to a point that people understand that and actually implement that, I think we will be in definitely a better position as a blind community.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And, and kind of where I'm going next here with this is your, your smartphone. And as you, you're, you're, you be pretend to be more of an Android person. I won't hold that against you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm more of an Apple person. Um, but what you just said was, I think that Apple, um, nobody's perfect. And, I, and Apple is by far not not perfect at all, and there's lots of things that areas for improvement. but I really feel like Apple is one of the leaders in kind of what you just said was they put accessibility, at least in my opinion and my experience with their products pretty much at the forefront. And I don't know that there are others, maybe others are doing that or working towards that now, but I feel like Apple' is one of the first to do that. and part of that is the reason that i'm I'm so loyal to to them and their products. But you're an Android person, so let's talk about Android. Why Android?
0: Well, for me, the biggest factor for choosing Android versus iOS is the Zoom, or on Android, it's called magnification gestures. Um, Because on iOS, you have to do a three-finger double tap, and on Android, you do one finger triple tap and to move around the screen on iphone you have to use three fingers or or the remote control that i can't see and i don't like using or on android you use you can actually use one finger or two fingers um depending on the type of gesture and just because of how close i have to look at my screen um, because I have to have it really close to my face probably like an inch away um, so I just prefer it's more comfortable to have less fingers on the screen doing uh, using the screen magnification than three fingers all the time and so that's I think my biggest gripe about <laughs> the iPhone uh, zoom and I guess I just have more experience with Android too. I like being able to customize what my phone does or customize how my home screen it looks like. Whereas iOS, they're just starting to do that now with like yeah. the widgets yeah. on their home screen. Um, but Android has had that for forever. And like I was using pablo's iphone the other day and i'm trying to move this icon um just to another part of the screen and i can't because it has to go in order there's it's like locked into that grid and i'm like Mm -hmm. i don't want it there that's that's (laughs) one of
1: the crazy things about apple and they've always been that way and i think that's probably the way they will at least at the core be um but i think there's some there's some some good some advantages to that because you really can't get too crazy with it. So, you know, I I don't know. I really don't have enough experience with Android. Actually, I don't have hardly any experience with Android. Um, and something else that you said that was interesting to me earlier, you said your vision was about 2,800. Mm-hmm. And mine's about 2,300. But I don't really even try to see my screen. Um, so I'm not using the pinch to zoom or, or those. I'm not using zoom on my my small iPhone screen. Mm-hmm. I do that on the on a, on a computer, I use magnification as my primary tool, but on the smaller screens, I really don't even try to like, I'll look at photos and I I zoom in on photos and things, but trying to read text or anything, I totally rely on voiceover. I totally rely on the, um, the dictation or the audible, basically the screen reader part of, of voiceover because, uh, I, the screen's too small. And what's interesting to me was that your clinically, your vision is, worse than mine but you can you can see the screen better than i can so that's one of those things about vision that's just difficult to describe
0: exactly and it really doesn't matter so much in my experience what your acuity is because vision is just so diverse um but i i do use talkback as a kind of fallback um you know when my pressure is too high i can't look at anything yeah. um and Sometimes I just don't want to read a whole article. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, like a couple words at
1: a time. I mean, that's what it would be like for me. I'd be reading, I'd be forming letters to make words and then sentences. And by the time I do two of them, I'm, I'm tired. I'm done. So, yeah, just have Siri read it to me.
0: Exactly. Um, so I do use TalkBack and Select to Speak, and I, I use, um, other apps too. If they're articles, I just tell Google, oh, read aloud, and it'll read the article. Or sometimes I use something called, an app called Pocket, which does something similar to the Google Assistant and reads the article, but w- it works with more articles because sometimes The Google Assistant says, I can't read that page. (laughs) And Pocket tends to do better with that. Um, But I do rely more on the screen magnification. It's just, I I don't know. Um, I grew up using CCTVs and the portable magnifiers that are electronic. And I don't know. I'm just very much more comfortable with that. Um, But I do also, I use both. Uh, So... Probably around seventy-five percent screen magnification and twenty-five um, screen reader.
1: Okay, so that probably also makes you a Windows user over a Mac. I mean, I, I that's not hard to say because most of the videos I've seen you doing the Mac um, or the Windows accessibility features and things. But do you have any experience with a Mac?
0: Um, no, I don't have experience with a Mac except for going to Best Buy and just trying to play with it and figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I think I need some training on Macs because every time I try it, it just doesn't do what I want. And again, I think it's part of the whole. Apple control issue. I want to have control. And Apple says, no, I want to have control. Uh-huh. And so there's just that conflict. Yeah.
1: So you use Windows Magnifier and, and Narrator, I presume.
0: I use Windows Magnifier most of the time. And then I use JAWS. I, I prefer JAWS than okay. Narrator.
1: Okay, good. We'll talk about JAWS here in a minute because I, uh, I use Zoom Text. Uh, I, I also is...
0: used to be a Zoom Text user until. Uh, Microsoft came out with What's their the magnifier. Uh,
1: yeah, with, Was that with Windows 10?
0: With their more recent update in Windows 10. It was probably the 1093 update of Windows 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember it precisely, but once they started having um, more mouse customization where you can make it really big and change the colors, um, then I just kind of switched over.
1: Were you using Zoom Text?
0: Yes, I was using okay. Zoom Text. How long had you were... used Zoom Text? Oh wow, since I was in middle school.
1: Yeah, I'm the same way. Not middle school, but you know, years—ten plus, twenty plus years for me. And it's a—it's an interesting software. I depend on it totally to do anything um, really of any substance on the computer. So I, I have some some pluses and minuses about Zoom Text. And I'd really like to switch to to Windows Magnifier. It sounds like, you know, I've talked to we talked about Sam at the Blind Life earlier. He's totally in with Windows Magnifier. It sounds like you are too. So maybe I just need to make the switch and see what it what it's like.
0: I actually just reinstalled the latest uh, Zoom Text twenty twenty one. Just on forty minute mode. And I don't know if it's my computer because we did get new computers recently, um, or if it's the new Zoom text, but it seems to not be as power hungry. And that was really my complaint. That's why I switched over to Windows Magnifier because it just was so power consuming. It it did not play well with things like video editing. Um, and picture editing it's just mm-mm. yeah i can that's yeah. why i ended up going to windows magnifier because it's just such a it's a native app and it's just so much lighter
1: yeah so are you are you using zoom text now or jaws i guess or
0: i i mm, pretty much i use magnifier yeah windows magnifier um i do use some of the zoom text um features uh, but just in 40 minute mode uh, for the recording. I don't know what that means.
1: What does 40 minute mode mean?
0: It means if you didn't pay for it, you can use Zoom Text for 40 minutes. And then if you want to use it again, you have to restart your computer. Um, <laughs> but I use it to record documents and then make it into an MP3. And then I listen to them on my phone or mm-hmm. somewhere okay. else. And that's about all I use Zoom Text for.
1: I gotcha. So that seems to fit fit the bill for you, as opposed to spending five hundred bucks or whatever the cost for it is these days.
0: Actually, they have a annual subscription now, so it's like eighty dollars a year. But I just don't think it's worth it for me. Um, it definitely has more features than Windows Magnifier. Uh, one thing that I really miss is invert brightness. Uh, where Windows Magnifier, it can only invert the colors. So orange will become blue uh, and yellow will become whatever the opposite of yellow is. I can't mm-hmm. think of it. Uh, whereas with Zoom Text it had a color filter for invert brightness, which would mean that it would just change things to be white on black. And then if it was a dark blue, it'll make it a light blue. And if it was like a dark red, it'll make it a light red, something like that just to, so you can know what the original color was. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just easier to see on the eyes.
1: Gotcha. Okay. Well, I need to check out Magnifier as well. I'm just, I don't know. I feel like it will take me a while to get used to it and then I'll end up changing because I'm also looking at, I just got a Mac and I'm I'm working on those things. So I got all kinds of different options going on now. Probably too many options at the same time anyway. So we'll see how that goes.
0: Ideally, I would love to have a PC, a Mac, and then maybe a Linux computer and then um, an Android and then an iOS <laughs> device, <laughs> whether an iPad, an iPhone. That would just, you know, you be, be my dream.
1: Yeah, you'd be pretty set. No matter what you needed to do, there should be something that could do it. All right. So you talk a lot about technology, The probably the two biggest things are going to be your smartphone and your, your computer. So what, what are the other coolest things? I mean, you may not want to talk about brands or maybe you do, but like in your reviews or things that you've looked at, or just maybe things you've used over the years, what are some of the, the best pieces of tech besides the phone and computer that, that you have or that you've used?
0: I, um, right now I have a CCTV and I'm just in love with the folding form factor. Um, so I have right now the freedom scientific PhD, which I got a couple of years ago. Um, and I do want to upgrade, I think the, the human wear, um, what was it called? I can't remember, but it's another folding CCTV. Um, and I just really love that. Idea because you can take it with you to from room to room, or if you're going on vacation, or if you're going from home to the office, or something like that, you just put it in a bag. Like it's bigger than a laptop, but you know, maybe three the size of three or four laptops. Mm-hmm. So it's still very uh, portable. Um, when it comes to CCTV, CCTV, because when I think CCTV, I think about those really old CCTVs yeah, that used to be like, desk, yeah. yeah, exactly, or maybe like 50 pounds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I just love this. Me and my son use it all the time for school, for basically reading anything.
1: Okay. What about the other direction? What about low-tech gear? What's the thing that, that you couldn't live without? if it it, doesn't really involve technology, maybe like a magnifier or.
0: That's really hard. Um, I think I'm so into technology that I can't think of anything low tech that I I use except um, bump dots. (laughs) I mean, I put them everywhere on the microwave, the dishwasher. It's a great example. Even, um, even on things for little Pablo for his, some of his books and toys and things like that. Um, And I think that's as low tech as I go. I I pretty much use like my phone, Alexa, computer, everything I have is pretty high tech, I guess.
1: Yeah. So for me, one of the examples of that would be, um, do you do any writing, like literal writing on, on paper?
0: Um, I tend to do that on the CCTV under the CCTV. Okay, do you do just do use a
1: normal pencil or pen or writing instrument for that.
0: Um, I tend to use a either a twenty twenty pen, a marker, something. Yeah, that's what thick. I
1: use too. So I, that that's one of the things. The twenty twenty pen is is really pretty awesome um, because it's 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 basically like a sharpie, but it's not permanent and it, it it's a bold, dark contrast on on whatever usually i'm writing on white paper or something so black goes really well on that for contrast so i think that's for me one of the the best pieces i have i can't have enough of those laying around the house
0: (laughs) to be honest i do my best to stay away from writing at all (laughs) because i'd rather type it i can see it better I can, uh, it's hard to read your own handwriting sometimes. Sometimes it is too, yeah. <laughs> and
1: sometimes when you don't really know, even know what you're writing and you can't see what you're writing, sometimes that makes it even worse. But I'm the same way. I Most of my communication actually, like I, I don't use CCTVs really anymore because um, if I can't make it big enough and, and get it quick enough where I got to turn something on or, or move things around, I, I I write very little on paper, but there are mm-hmm. certainly times where I do things at work or around the house where I need to make a note. I don't have one of those devices with me or near me. And I have a, a little pad and a 2020 marker or 2020 pen that really does a great job of, of doing that. So I use those often, but I don't write more than maybe a couple of words because anything more than that is difficult for me to, to read. So.
0: Yes. um, I tend to use my phone um, for the magnification and, I use the CCTV when it's more of a book or something longer, like I have to fill out a form or something like that. But uh, for me, for taking notes, I actually have an app and it's a button on my home screen and I just press that button and it starts recording for a voice memo and then I press the button again and it saves it. So that's how I do my little, Mm -hmm. I guess, the equivalent of a (laughs) post-it.
1: Yeah, that's good too. The you know the iPhones have something like that too. Just just for what it's worth, you know, voice memos.
0: Oh yes, I know that. I
1: know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, I'm just giving you a hard time, you know. Okay, so
0: well, c- but can does it have a widget though? <laughs> um,
1: I, it's it might you know it you might be able to make a widget. I've got a couple widgets that I've made. I don't have the voice memo one on a widget. I just go to it on the um on the home screen but there's there's probably a way to make it better but it's probably difficult and it's probably (laughs) you probably can't put it exactly where you want it and of course there's all those all those things too
0: (laughs) well it's 2021 so the less steps the better
1: (laughs) absolutely i agree (laughs) I agree,
0: I think they say uh the average person per the average person has like a seven second attention span or even less
1: I would definitely be less than that, yeah
0: <laughs> if if it takes more than like two taps now it's too long it's yeah. <laughs> too hard
1: no, you're right and and especially when you're dealing with you know in with them some sort of impairment or something, anything to make life easier is is well worth. Well worth it, in my opinion, anyway. So,
0: <laughs> Yeah, definitely.
1: Okay, let's talk a little bit about your YouTube channel. So how long have you been doing the YouTube channel? And just, again, the YouTube channel is Live Accessible.
0: Yes, uh, I think I started in around 2018, um, at the end of 2018. So it's been about two years, a little bit over two years. And... I just really wanted to start a YouTube channel. I watched Sam a lot. <laughs> and before that, I always thought it would be really cool to have a YouTube channel and just talk about technology, assistive technology. I used to work at a low vision center. Um, and so I was kind of tossing around the idea of starting a YouTube channel for the center and just to showcase some of the technology and some of the products we had, but marketing didn't come on board with that. So I ended up being like, okay, I'm just going to do it myself. I'll just do this myself. Yeah, sure. Exactly.
1: So you talk about technology and resources um, and encouragement. You have some really great pieces on there just to encourage people um, that have vision loss as well as people that are like cited support for those kind of people as well too, right?
0: Yes. I Honestly, I like to do technology that's my passion but i also love just talking to other people as well and about how different um their vision is and their life journey and some of the recommendations and advice that they have so i have a whole um interview segment on the my youtube channel it's a playlist that you guys can listen to and so i just talk to other people who are might be youtubers or not and they just share some of what they're going through or what they've gone through and some of the lessons that they've learned and there was also a really fun uh collaboration that we did two years ago i think um That I had about 15 different people submit uh, around less than 30 seconds of their advice or encouragement for people who are losing their vision. And so that was a really fun collaboration, too.
1: Is that one of the coolest things that you've done um, on the channel or, or what is the coolest thing you have done on the channel?
0: that one. The community really enjoyed that because of um, how many voices and, you know, they got to participate in it. But I personally love just playing with new technology. Um, I got to play with the eSight 4 when it first came out. Um, it didn't work for me, but I, I just love new technology. So I think that was actually one of the funnest videos that I as a creator had um, and then there's also there's this one video that I did where I think it was called don't forget or something like that and it was just talking about don't forget to close the door all the way don't forget to close the dishwasher or you know things like that mm-hmm. close the door because or the cat and the cabinets because you know People are gonna blind. People live here, and <laughs> we're just gonna bump into that. And yeah. that came after I bumped my head on the cabinet that I left Yikes. open ah. <laughs> like three or four times in a row. So it was a reminder to people out there, but also to myself, and just having fun like that is. You I gotta like have to do fun.
1: That. You gotta have fun. What's the most popular? series or thing i mean obviously you do a lot of technology is there a common thread that runs through the most popular technology videos you've done
0: i think that the ones that do best are um technology videos especially new products because people don't know what they are and haven't heard about them so they are either doing like a search about them or they they're uh just want to know what's new and out there so they tend to look for that but also what's really popular are android talkback tutorials and also um just phone related apps and things like that will be my eyes ira and other apps like that tend to do really well as well because everybody well not everybody but there's so many people out there with smartphones and They're always looking for new apps and things. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Tell me about Be My Eyes. What's that all about?
0: So in short, Be My Eyes is um, an app both on Android and iOS, and it connects you with a volunteer, and I believe there's over 4 million volunteers all over the world. And you just call a volunteer, and they'll connect you with somebody in your region, and they can look through your rear camera and help you identify, read something, tell you what color something is, or just do any uh, visual task uh, and help you out with that uh, using the rear camera on your phone.
1: That's cool, that's very cool. So like, how, how fast does that usually happen? Like you need to do something, how much time does it take to get somebody to be able to help you with that?
0: It really depends. It could take five seconds or less and or around 20 seconds, I think, is around the longest that I have waited. So it really pretty fast doesn't take a long time. Um, But again, you know, our attention span, 20 seconds is a (laughs) long time.
1: (laughs) I guess so. I guess you're right.
0: Yes. But um, another thing with Be My Eyes that some people, a lot of people don't know is. That they have another button there that connects you with specialized help so if you tap on that button or double tap uh, there's a list of different organizations and companies that you can talk to them about accessibility so they have places like microsoft and google and they don't have apple unfortunately of course Um, not (laughs) (laughs) they haven't moved to the dark side yet (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but, um, you can connect with them and, f- for example, on, with Google, you can call them through Be My Eyes and just ask them any accessibility related question, whether it's on your phone or your Chromebook or any Google device. So same thing with Microsoft, and they have um, also blindness organizations on there, ACB, American Council for the Blind, and National Federation of the Blind, and a lot of other ones, but as well as things like Tide, I think is on there. And well, there's a a lot there that I can't remember.
1: Yeah, it sounds like a pretty cool app. Pretty powerful.
0: Absolutely. And um, one last thing about it is that it's available globally and they have, they're available. Um, it's available in so many different languages. So it's one of those accessibility apps that almost anybody in the world can use.
1: Well, that's a bunch of great information, Carrie, and I know you have a lot more of it at your YouTube channel. If somebody wants to find out more about you and what you do there, where is the best place to do that?
0: You can find uh, me on liveaccessible.com or on the YouTube channel, which is Live Accessible. And I'm also on Twitter and Instagram, um, Live Accessible as well. Oh, and Facebook too. And don't forget them. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, if you guys do want to support Live Accessible, you can check out our Amazon shop. It's just go to amazon.com slash shop slash Accessible. Well, thanks, John, for having me on here.
1: Awesome, Carrie. It was a great time. Hopefully we can um, connect again soon.
0: Absolutely. I look forward to seeing you or hearing from you or talking to you. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) Thanks for spending time with the Ambiguously Blind podcast. Please rate and write a review wherever you subscribe. For a complete transcript of this episode, connect and share with us at ambiguouslyblind.com.